Hello and welcome to episode number two of Without Regret, the podcast. In today's episode, we will interview my mother and we'll get answers to all those questions I asked in episode number one when I was doing my brain dump of my early life to today. Um, So yeah, let's jump right in. Here is my mother, June Haywood. Welcome to my mother. She is on episode number one, or this might be number two. I'm not sure yet. Exactly. Uh. So thanks for being willing to do this. We are at my mom's house right now. My mom had um, pneumonia, which caused her to have a minor heart attack. I yeah. would say minor, but to, so she's on oxygen right now. So forgive the the oxygen on her face. And I just came here to help take care of her for a little bit. So, as I was kind of doing this brain dump recording on my phone, there were some things that I was like, well, I wonder, you know, had a lot to do with you. Like, where does my strength come from? How did I, you know, how do I have this confidence that I have now? And a big part of it comes from you and some stuff that I don't even know that you realize you were even teaching me at the time. Um, I think you were just trying to survive at the time <laughs> and were doing some things to help yourself that ultimately stuck in my mind and helped me over time. So one of those things is your self-esteem classes that you took. Do yes. you remember those? Yes. What was that? Can you tell us about that? Well, during the time I was married to your dad, the mental abuse was to destroy my self-esteem, which I had had as a child. I was raised with self-esteem. So in doing our printing, we were printing these circles for this lady who was doing the self-esteem classes. And she gave everybody a pack of these because they were affirmations. The one I remember the most said, winners never quit and quitters never win. So that has always stuck with me my whole life. Right. So do you remember what some of the other ones said? You're not defined by what other people think of you. Oh, I like that one a lot. Really do. I just remember they were hanging up all over our trailer. Yeah. <laughs> did you actually go to her classes or did I you just actually, get those? No, I actually went to the class. I thought you did. Okay. Right. It was just a lady in. Was she like a counselor or she therapist was, or something? I think so. Okay. But she did these private classes. And there were probably 10 of us in the class Mm -hmm. that she asked us if we felt like we had the self-esteem. And I said, I felt like I had it at one time, but I've lost it. Yeah. And so we had to read each of these. We had to do role-playing to teach us how to come back at people that came at you. Mm-hmm. came at your self-esteem, how we asserted ourselves to come back. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very, very helpful. Well, I'm glad you did it because I never, I didn't go to the classes, but I still benefited from from you doing it in an indirect way. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't think you did. I don't think you realize a lot of these things. I don't think I realized a lot of these things until I did the brain dump. And then I was like, wow, I should ask my mom that question because I don't, I was so young. Yeah. You know, I was probably seven years old maybe when yeah. you were doing that. So 
Um, so some other questions that I think you answered was, did you make the post-it notes yourself or did they give you them from the class? So that you already answered that question. That's how you found out about the class because your company was printing them. Right. Very cool. So where does your survivor spirit come from though? You've, you have definitely always been a survivor. We've struggled so much, but you've always persevered and always survived. So where does that come from for you? From my parents. Okay. My dad always said, you can do anything you put your mind to and don't let anybody stop you. That's awesome. Do you think somebody who wasn't raised like that can still have that survivor spirit? I think they can if they want it. Yeah. Definitely. So you had this... You had that self-esteem. Then you met dad. And despite the self-esteem, somehow ended up marrying him and being married to him for 17 years. Yeah. So over those 17 years, he beat you down. Right. Mentally. Yes. And sometimes physically. Yes. So, but you were still able to to fight back and, and get out of that situation and eventually eventually yeah. I should have done it a lot sooner well but... we, we all say that right <laughs> mom took 17 years I took two <laughs> I'd say it's a really good improvement but you took longer on the second well the second was a totally different yeah. situation I wouldn't say that that was abuse of any kind at all oh yeah I wouldn't call That's that abuse good. yeah no it was just life yeah so, um, I don't know why, and, and maybe this will get cut out. I don't know if it even matters, but one of the things we were talking about was you getting the trailer and buying it from, was it Rick or Russ? Rick. Rick. And so, was it already on the lot? Yes. So, you just took over the lot rent. I took over the lot rent, and I took over the house payments, not knowing that he had already been repossessed oh really yes so you didn't have to buy it necessarily you just took over the payments right and i was making the payments every month to the company that he owed the money to and one day a man came and knocked on the door and said why are you here we're here to take the trailer away oh and i said what I'm buying the trailer and <laughs> paying for the trailer. And they said, well, the trailer had been repossessed from Rick like two years ago. Oh, wow. And I said, well, let me see what I can figure out. If I could pay the, pay the loan off in full, yeah. will you leave it here? And they said, yes. So I talked to my parents, and my parents came up with the money and paid it off. And, because they're the ones that got me to move into it. Oh, that was their idea. It was their idea that I move into it. Oh, Rick has this lovely mobile home. It's already on a trailer park. All you have to do is take over the payments from him and because he's moved to Texas. and Yeah. Rick? But, no, that was Russ that moved to Texas. Rick had moved to Texas at that point. He oh. was living in Texas. And he moved back. And he moved back, gotcha. yes. Okay. But, yeah. But he didn't tell anybody. He, the 
trailer had been repossessed. Oh, that would have been helpful information. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So I... Am I right in thinking that it was like $10,000 to pay off the loan? Yes. I, for some reason, had that number in my head. But I didn't know if that was a real memory or not. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, when I did my first beauty pageant, the one where I rode the float with Ronald McDonald. Yes. And I didn't want you to get me off the float. I wanted Ronald McDonald to get me off the float. Were you and Dad still married then? I can't remember. No. You weren't? No. Didn't I? Okay. It, you were in school in Hopkins. Okay. Elementary school in Hopkins. I think you were in first grade. And you came home with a flyer from school about this pageant. And you wanted to do it. And so... But I, it, it wasn't a pageant in the traditional sense that you got up on stage and walked around and did your beauty thing. Right. It was really just an interview. If I'm, yeah. Yes. Was it only the interview? Because that's the only part I remember. That and writing on the float. That's all I remember. That's all it was. Really okay. was an interview. I do. I do remember dressing up in a pretty yes. dress for the interview. Yes. But yeah, we took you and had your hair done and makeup and everything. I was hooked after that. <laughs> I was hooked after that. I um, Tracy's always been. My daughter's Tracy, and she's always been very upset that I've never let her do pageants when she was younger. But I always felt like, you know, as I got older, I mean, I, I don't regret doing the pageants. I have no regrets, by the way. That's kind of the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't regret doing them myself, but I just felt like they put such a high standard on beauty that I didn't want my daughter to feel like that's all that mattered in life is that you had to be pretty. Right. You know, because by the time she was old enough to, to think about doing them, my beauty was fading a little bit, you know, and, you I know. I don't think so. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we'll get into that one on a whole nother episode. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, I just felt like at that point in time, education and intelligence was a lot more important something more important to focus on, you know, or, or just the strength or doing the gymnastics and stuff was more important. Did money come into it at all for you? Um, well, I spent a lot of money on gymnastics. Not, not really. No, because I feel like I had the money I could have. Cause we didn't have the money. Right. For me, there. for sure. That was, was definitely something, a downfall that I had in my pageant career, which I probably did, I can count on one hand, I think, how many pageants I did, right? I did the one, I don't even know the name three. of it. Only three? Yep. You did the one in Hopkins for the Strawberry Festival. You did the one at the at Normandy the mall. mall. And then I did and the Miss Junior America. And then you did America. the Miss Junior America. That was it, yeah. So only three. But yeah, we didn't have the money for me to get the hair and the makeup and the, the teeth and the beautiful dresses and yeah yeah we were buying dresses at at thrift shops and modifying them and yeah yeah so no I don't think so I I think um I could have you know afforded it a little bit more than you could have for sure but it wasn't about that for me no it was all about the you know just not focusing so much on beauty and feeling like your whole entire self-worth. Because she was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. You know, but 
I wanted her know her self worth came from beyond that, not yeah. from, not just from outward beauty, but from in, inner beauty and inner. Well, you didn't feel like that. Oh, I don't know that the pageants made me feel that way, but I definitely felt that way. Yeah. Really? I think I might still feel that way a little bit. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But I don't think the pageants are the reason. But I think when you grow up being told how pretty you are all the time, you're, that sticks with you. You know, and that just kind of, I'm not going to name any names here because I don't want to, you know, put anybody on the spot or anything like that. But a, a good friend of mine who has a lot of daughters has one daughter who was always a little ditzy. And we would always say to her, you're so pretty when she would do something like that. And that was probably not the good, the best thing to do. <laughs> kind of feel bad. I didn't come up with it, but I perpetuated it. Yeah. You know, I've said that to her a few times, so that's probably not the best thing. But anyway. Um, so what grade was Tom in? Tom is my brother. He's four years older than me. And he had a really rough time in school. And my mom managed to send him away to a very exclusive private school in in Minnesota. So how old was he? What grade was that? And how did you manage that? How did you... Did your parents help with that too? He had a he had a um, learning disability. No, no, no. Um, when you're going to go to college, you apply scholarship. For, yes, he had a scholarship. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. Let's keep playing. <laughs> he had a scholarship for part of it, and we had a big garage sale that people donated stuff for us to sell to earn money for the rest of it. And it was just one year. Yeah, he only went one year. And how much was tuition and everything for that one year? I had to come up with $8,000. So uh, beyond the beyond the scholarship. The scholarship. And how, so how much was the scholarship? 5000 So... Less than 13,000. So 13, That's not too bad, really. Of course, this was what grade was it in? He was in eighth grade. Eighth grade. So that would have been 83, 82, 83, 82, somewhere in there. Yeah, early somewhere 80s for in there. sure. It was early 80s because we moved away in 85. Right. And he was in 10th grade when we moved away. Right. So probably 83. Yeah. Okay. I just think, you know, I don't remember in my brain dump how that how that came about. But... Well, my two nieces went to that school. Okay. Chris and Gail? Yes. Okay. And that's how I got the... I should maybe not say names. I don't know. That's how I got the... Um, how we got the scholarship. We applied for it, and it was a um, financial issue scholarship it was based on our income financial needs yeah financial need but what helped him was it was an all-boys school Mm -hmm. and he lived in a dorm he had a roommate and one of the teachers lived in the same dorm he and his wife had an apartment in that building and they oversaw everything the boys were doing. And so after school, they had 
football or whatever extracurricular they did. Mm -hmm. And then they would go back to the dorm and have dinner. A family dinner with all the boys and the family that lived there. And after dinner was study hall. They had to get their homework done. Mm. And he learned good study habits there. Partially because of the other kids. Because everybody had to do it. Because everybody had to do it and because... Should have sent me there. I never learned good study habits. (laughs) Because if you got all your work done and got good grades... You got to go into town on Saturday mm-hmm. and go to the movies or do something special. So the other boys would egg him on to get it done because, because they, they him wanted to him to go. And he wasn't bullied there. No. Yeah. Hopefully in Tom's fact, okay with us talking about this. In fact, I told him when he left, that he wasn't allowed to grow because he had to wear suits to class all the time. They wore suits every day. And if it wasn't suits, they had the suit pants, but a jersey. Like a vest? No, not a vest. A shirt that just has three or four buttons here. You pull over, you know, but a a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went out and spent all this money on clothes for him. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't afford to do this again, so you can't grow. And he came home for Christmas, and his pants were this much too short. Mm -hmm. And I said, I told you, you can't grow. I'm sorry, but in eighth grade, that's when they're growing the most, I think. And he said... (laughs) He said, it's okay, Mom, you don't need to buy new clothes. Everybody's wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have bought them longer and hemmed them and then let the hem out when he grew. But, yeah. But he said all the other boys were wearing yeah. floods, too, so it didn't make any difference. <laughs> so that's so, what made it nice, yeah. is that everybody was kind of on the equal playing field. Although I'm sure there were some kids there who there were not were- on tuition, Right. I mean, not on scholarship. Right. That, that were... were paying full price for it. Mm-hmm. Were so, there mean kids there, or was it pretty... Not that I've ever heard of, except that when Marlon Brando went to the school... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Long before my brother went there. He did a few things that shouldn't have been done. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> so, just to put this in perspective, tuition today... Um, Including all cost of meals, room, and school instruction is $55,000. At that school? At that school. This is Shattuck St. Mary's School. Wow. So St. Mary's is the girls' side of, right. of it. So they're and separate they're campuses. they're separate camp- campuses. Yeah, they have the girls' campus and the boys' campus. Yeah. Now, they did put on a dance where the girls and the boys were together. Mm-hmm. So they were teaching them to socialize. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they were. And their class, I think the classes were together, too. A lot of the classes, they were with the girls in class. Let me see if this adds up at the bottom with a total. Because that's just tuition. Because then you have books, which are estimated $400, $800. Is this just for one year? Um, I think 
think so. Yeah. Wow. I believe I don't. I'm. I'm assuming. It doesn't really say. It would make sense though. Fifty-five thousand a year. I mean, if it was thirteen thousand back then. Yeah, I would think this is a year. Yeah, per session. Well, there's a lot of kids that go there from uh, other countries. Yeah, this is domestic. Domestic boarding tuition. So this is not even from other countries. Yeah. International is probably a different... Different price. Different price. But yeah, it's pretty pretty pricey. Because I remember when I was looking at putting Tracy in at St. John's Country Day. Yeah. Um... It was, I want to say, 18000 a year. Wow. And you didn't live there. Yeah. You know? Well, I also had to put, keep $300 in, a, in an account for him. I sent the 300 to the school, and it was in a, his account. So, like, when he went to the movies, mm. when mm-hmm. they wanted popcorn, mm-hmm. you know, that paid for It was for like a commissary. That, that paid for all that extra stuff. Yeah. And when it got down to $100, I had to send 200 more. So I don't remember how much yeah. that ended up being. But he was pretty good about not spending. He had to pay for his laundry, mm-hmm. get his laundry done, because they didn't do their own. And he wanted to go there. He liked going there, yeah, right? Yeah, he liked it. And it was part... I can't remember if it was Episcopal... Or does it say on that? Let's see. About us. Mission and vision. Would that Bishop Whipple. It was either Episcopal. Episcopal. Yeah, that's yeah. I thought that's what it was. So they had to go to chapel every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So they got the religious training as well. Mm-hmm. He took Latin while he was there. He learned I Latin. do remember that. And he enjoyed it. He but he just did the one year because it was expensive. Because I and couldn't sure afford a second year. Yeah. But it got him through. It did. And it, it taught him a lot that he wouldn't have learned otherwise. Right. So I want to sit here and be really jealous that he did that. But you did so many things for me too. You know. Modeling school. The modeling school. Again, about the beauty. The modeling school. Not that I didn't want to do it. I wanted to do these things. I'm not pointing fingers at all, Mom. Not at you. Um, so we, uh, yeah, I did the, the pom-pom thing. I did all those parades. I did the, did I ever do baton twirling? I think I did the pom-pom, but I wanted to do the baton. So I just had my own baton. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Girl Scouts. Too late to complain now. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Besides, you have no regrets. I have no regrets. And I am not one of those people that, um, that likes to point the finger back at my parents. Maybe maybe some parents really were crappy and, and can have a finger pointed at them. But at the end of the day, it's up to you as you become an adult to f- figure out what tools you're missing, I feel like. And, and find those, get those tools somehow, some way to become, you know, a, a contributing member of society and not yeah. be on drugs or not be, you know, there. You can wallow in it or you can, you know, change it. Change it. Exactly. And I'm of the belief that you can change it. I really do think anybody can change it if they want to change it, like you were saying. So we moved to Florida in 1985. And the apartment that we lived in was a second floor apartment. 
Yes. You didn't know anybody. No. How the hell did you get all of our furniture up in that apartment? You and Tom? Because I remember I Tom was sunburned. Tom and, and Pam. Like, Pam was with Pam us. Pam was with us? Pam was with us until after we moved into the apartment. And I, then she went back to Kansas. I thought she, we lost her along the way. <laughs> no, no. She was with us all the way to moving into the apartment. But did she stay in, she didn't she stay just, in our hotel room. Yes, she did. She did? Yes. How come I'm totally blocking her out of all memories? I do not recall. I thought when we left Kansas or wherever it was that she met up with somebody that she knew or whatever, that we never saw her again. No. I don't remember her actually driving the rest of the way to Florida with us. She drove all the way to Florida with us. She was in the apartment at on Gulf Air Boulevard. The, the hotel. The hotel. She went with me when we went to look for an apartment. Oh, I did not. I don't remember that. We found the apartment on Lane Avenue. And That's so weird that I have no memory. She and that. Tom and I moved everything in. And then she just said she decided she didn't want to stay here. And she moved back to Kansas. Now it sounds kind of familiar. Forgive me for eating on camera, but it's a whole another part of my journey that I'll talk about in a minute. But, um, so I had another question. Now I can't remember what it was because it's not written down. It was a follow-up to something we were just talking about. Oh, we did get a neighbor guy to help us bring that hide-a-bed up. The couch. Because it was too heavy. Yeah. That, yeah, the two couches. We had the hide-a-bed and we had that... Mo- mohair covered couch that was my mom and dad's i just remember laying on one of those couches because i was way too sunburned to move it was bad because you'd been out in the pool in the pool for an entire week in the florida sun which is different than minnesota week it was only a weekend it was only a weekend yes really yes see how your memories like we, Change, we, fade. We checked into the motel on Friday, and we checked out Monday morning. Huh. Okay. I thought it was a whole week. All this time, I've telling everybody it was a week. No. Okay. I wouldn't have had the money to move in the apartment if we had had to stay in the motel. <laughs> well, we couldn't have been an expensive hotel. <laughs> because when we moved into the apartment, I didn't have the money to turn the electricity on. I remember on. that. Mm-hmm. And we did live in the apartment. I think I got the electricity turned on on Friday. We moved in on Monday, turned the electricity on on Friday because my boss gave me an advance so that I could do it. So we moved to Florida because you wanted to get away, but you had, mom had prepared for us to move there. She had a job at one point. She, then that job fell through. No. Or wasn't going to be the, ready. No, that's the job I got. No, originally, remember, we were going to move to Melbourne, and you were going to work for a speedy printing there that was just opening, but they were they had delayed oh, yeah. the opening. Yeah, And you right. still wanted to, we still had to go. Did yeah. you sell, you sold the trailer, and we right. had to go. And, um, and once that job fell through, you decided not to move to Melbourne, but Jacksonville instead, because it was closer to your parents in Georgia right. when they come for the winter. Um, but you had an apartment. That we were supposed to be able to move into, that we found out once we got here, right? That right. they had rented it out from under you. 
That's because a ship had just come into the base in Mayport and they had rented all their apartments to Navy guys on that ship. Right. And so they didn't have anything available. So we had to go find someplace else. Yeah. And then find a job. And well, but you... I did have that job lined up because I had talked to the people that it, it was an American Speedy Printing mm-hmm. and it was owned by a bunch of businessmen in Detroit. One was the guy that actually owned the whole thing. Ah, gotcha. The whole American Speedy Printing. And two of his He owned friends. the franchise. Yeah. He not owned... just a location, but like right. the whole thing. He... And he was the one people bought franchises mm-hmm. from. So I went to work for him. Yeah. And, but the job that I started at there... The only thing they had available was a counter person, and they were only paying $4.15 an hour. Holy moly. I can't even imagine. And I had to pay $469 a month for the apartment, plus food and pay to do laundry and everything else for me and two kids. But I worked as a counter person for two weeks and was promoted to manager. And after a month, was promoted to operations manager, making $18,000 a year. Which was respectable back then. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was 85 or 86, but maybe by that point. But, yeah, I think my first minimum wage job was only six-something an hour. Your dad, instead of graduating from high school. Well... I married instead of graduating from high school, but then I went back and graduated from high school. And, well, you know, I, I went back I did and did too. those things. I went back and graduated from high school. And got my degree. But I never went to college. Rectified all those mistakes I made growing up. But you know what? It made me appreciate it so much more. Yeah. Doing that. Doing it that way. I know, I know for a fact I would not have appreciated it right out of high school. There's no way. I didn't appreciate high school. How was I going to... Right. So... I remember your younger brother saying when he graduated high school, do I get a car now? <laughs> and I Sure, s- go buy one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I said, we didn't buy any of your three sisters a car when they graduated from high school. We didn't buy a car for your brother when he graduated high school, and we ain't buying one for you. Yeah. If you want a car, you work and you pay work for and it, get it. Because you'll... Or find a man whose mom will buy it for you. (laughs) That's what I did. (laughs) But my dad always said, you've got to work for it and earn it. Because if you don't, you won't appreciate appreciate it. it. You won't take care of it. And that's so true because that's something we went through with Tracy. She didn't... The car she appreciates the most is the one she has now that she's making the payments on. And made the down payment and made the deal. Yeah. Picked out herself, which had a lot to do with it, too. It wasn't just a hand-me-down or something that somebody else picked out for her. Right. Um, So, any final thoughts or, you know, that you would tell somebody that's struggling in life to to, to try to make something themselves or improve their life? Or what would you say to somebody? First and foremost, I would say get a relationship with God. Because I feel like my faith is what got me through. 
Yeah. I remember we stopped at a rest area on the way down here, and you jumped out of the car and ran to go to the bathroom. And Pam said, you can't let her go by herself. I was 11. I said, (laughs) yes, I can. She said, but what if somebody snatches her? I said, God will take care of her. And he has. Yeah. Yep, he has. And when you were a teenager and gone and out late and I didn't know where you were, I prayed for you. Thank you, because it probably saved my life more than once. (laughs) For real. Well, it saved mine. Yeah. Coming home from work and not having enough gas to get back to work the next day and not having any money to buy gas. I asked God to give me enough gas to get me through to payday. And I went out the next morning and turned the car on and I had a quarter of a tank of gas. Yeah. That doesn't happen. (laughs) Right. So I was reading actually um, in uh, one of the groups on Facebook that I've joined recently. Somebody had put on there... um, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but they just wrote it. It wasn't like a quote or anything, but they were just like, why does God, you know, let all these bad things happen to me? What, you know, where is, why isn't God helping me? What is, what would you say to somebody who has those types of questions about God? Which God is she talking about? Well, let's assume she's talking about the same God you and I are talking about. Most people think that God controls everything. God doesn't control anything. God gives us freedom of choice. Right. We choose to follow him or not. And there's an adversary out there called Satan or the devil or whatever you want to call him that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll get in there and do all kinds of stuff. Talk you into doing stuff that you Mm -hmm. normally wouldn't do. It's not God doing the bad stuff. It's you walking out from under his umbrella. That makes a lot of sense. You have free will. Yes. And it's your choice to listen to this this guy guy or this guy. guy. Right. And sometimes it can be confusing. Yes. Because that's what the adversary does. Yes. So make better choices. Think before you act. Listen listen to the the right voice. Yeah. And I think it should be pretty obvious which one is the right one usually. Right? Like I would think that the one telling you to... Well, he can be pretty tricky because when he tried to to tempt tempt Jesus, he said, didn't God say? And he quoted the Bible. Right. And Jesus came back, it is written. And he quoted the Bible correctly. Right. But I think there should be something in your heart. I would feel like there would be something in your heart saying, okay, this this one's telling me to do something that's probably going to be easy. And this one's telling me to do something, you know, easy, but may not necessarily be the right thing to do. This one's telling me to do the right thing to do, but it's really freaking hard. That's probably the one you need to listen to. Yeah. Because it's not easy. But 
you have to understand too that all people, everybody on earth is not going to have that voice. If you have the Spirit of God in you, you're going to hear His voice. So step one, find step, that, get that relationship. That's why I said yeah. get the relationship with God yeah. first. Because if you don't have the relationship with Him, you aren't going to hear Him when He talks to you. Right. And you don't have to be perfect to have a relationship no. with Him. You don't have to get yourself right and then find God. No, Correct. no, no. God's going to help you get right. Yeah. Yeah. The best time to find him is when you're deep in sin. Right. Yeah. That is the best time. Because then he's going to take you out of it. Or help you, help you get, get out yourself, of it. Help you get yourself yeah. out of it. Give you the, the, the tools, tools and the wisdom. and the right. If you listen. Yes. And then make those good choices. That was a great answer to that question. Thank you. Anything else you want to add before we close? I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. It's mom, everybody. It's mom. <laughs> you can just call her mom. Her name is June. I should probably say that. <laughs> I'll re record like an intro and stuff yeah. too. Like eventually. Your phone is ringing. It's probably a... Yeah. Say bye. 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 <laughs> yeah.